go ahead and go right into the message. I'm going to talk about 3 p.m. Christians. What the heck is that? I'm taking a nap on Sunday at 3 p.m. The saints are losing. I'm definitely out. But this morning, you know, one of the biggest days in church history is the cross and the resurrection. But really what happened is at 3 p.m., the Holy Spirit came upon the saints of God at 3 p.m. in the afternoon as they were going to a prayer meeting. And we're going to talk about a story of what God did in the middle of the day. How many of you know it's not, you know, Sunday's the inspiration day. Monday is what you do with the inspiration you got. And hopefully every day you're getting inspiration from the Word of God and that your time with God. And so this morning, I just want to go right into the book of Acts in chapter 3. And let's just go there. Come on. How many of you know Christianity really works on Monday? Y'all look like y'all need some preaching this morning. I've been in Crowley the last uh, four weeks, and God just grew in that church. uh, uh, And it's just neat. Pastor Josh is there, so we high-five each other, and I'm here. And so uh, let's just go, let's go ahead and go ahead and read. And it's Acts chapter 3, and it says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part at a 3 o'clock prayer, prayer service. As they approached the temple, a lame man from birth. Think about that, from birth. I want you to remember that as we talk about this story. From birth was being carried in. Each day he was, he was put beside the temple gate. One called the beautiful gate. And so he would beg from people going into the temple. Listen to me. I've traveled all different places around the world. Professional beggars know how to beg. I'm serious. They know how to beg. They will be on a street corner. They'll be in front of a church. They will be in your window. I have places like that. I mean, you you just, they want, they want. Because guess what? That's their job. And here's this guy, couldn't do anything because he was lame. We know that. And there wasn't any, you know, Israel Social Security or SSI or any of those things. So he just had to beg. And so what happened is each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful Gate. So he would beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. And Peter and John looked at him intently. Remember, they looked at him, but look what it says. And Peter said this, look at us. Just look at us. And he says, the lame man looked at them eagerly. He was thinking, come on, today is my day. They're going to drop something on me. And so what happens is the lame man looked eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver and gold for you but I'll give you what I have. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazareth, get up and walk. And look what it says. Then Peter looked, Peter took the, the lame man by the, right, by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. And he jumped up. Come on, think about it. Man never walked, could not walk from birth jumped up, his ankles strengthened. Come on, I don't know if his feet were all like, you know, this or that, and God just went. I mean, special effects from Hollywood couldn't do what God was doing in this man. Come on. And so what happens is, all of a sudden, he jumped up. I mean, think about that. 
on his feet and began to walk and then walking and leaping and praising God and went into the temple with them. This is the first post-Jesus miracle in the Bible. And so what happens is, you know, in an activated church, the miraculous usually happens wrapped up in the mundane things of life. How many of you know that? You're just going about doing your business, thinking, you know, this is no big deal. And all of a sudden, after the powerful moment in Acts chapter 2, Peter and John got back on schedule. See, they were Jewish people. See, Peter, Jesus come. He said, Peter, don't worry about you forsaking me. Get out there, son. They got filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says power came upon them. And they began to share and begin to preach. And, and, they, and they were Jewish men. They're headed to the temple like normal at 3 o'clock. Three o'clock prayer meeting. This is what I call 3 p.m. Christians. Monday behavior is a test of Sunday inspiration. Think about it. Monday behavior. How many of you know, let me, let me ask you, what you packing? What you packing? Are you packing like, oh, I gotta work again, golly. Pastor Bubba, you don't know my boss. I mean, he's like demon possessed. My co-workers, he, you know, you know, they just, they're mean, they're this and that. And we all have all these excuses. And we have an expectation of just another bad day. Come on. Got real quiet in here. It's fixing to get lit up a little bit here in a minute. You imagine, we go there. And let me just tell you something. If you have an expectation like that, it's exactly what's going to happen. But if you have an expectation for a visitation... From God to be with you changes the whole level of everything. And see, this is what I, see, never underestimate God's ability to use small and seemingly insignificant assignments to set the stage for significant impact. See, God will always put his super on your natural. Come on, someone got something. A super on your natural. And see, what happens is the secret to success is wrapped up in daily routine. But here's the key. It's obedience to the Spirit of God. See, you have to fall in love with the ordinary stuff. You know, some people show up, you know, to church. They go through Next Step and they join the life group and serve on the dream team. But here's the thing. You got to go beyond that. And here's what you got to be willing to do. You open your life to faith and not fear. You open your life to faith and not fear. You open your life to faith and not fear. Fear will keep you from all these things. It just will. You see, I love coming here because y'all ask, well, how do we do it, Pastor Bubba? Good, I'm going to fill in the blanks for you. There's three, there's three ways to see the miraculous in the mundane. The first thing is this. Look at me. God wants to open your eyes. You know what he wants to give you? Look at me. Jesus' contact lenses. It's the truth. Have you ever heard that statement before? Never. Okay. Jesus wants. Thank you. If you've been around here long enough, you know. I saw Scott. I've heard that many times. Shut up, Scott. You have your time. Go to his leadership groups. Here's the thing. I'm a little advertisement, man of God, trying to help you out there. Open your eyes. Peter and John looked at him intently. They looked at him, then he said, look at us. 
The lame man had been every day right there. And what happened is God gave Peter and John new eyes. And they saw. Isn't it amazing that when God does something in your life, you know, we live in a culture that's all about me. Come on. I used to work out and they'd have that, uh, that Toby Keith song playing when it was popular. It's about me. It's about I. It's about number one. <laughs> Come on. Some of you go, I remember that song, Pastor Bubba. It had, it had a catchy little tune, so I learned it because I just heard it. I don't listen to country western music, okay? I, I, I come from the era where, you know, ACDC, Van Halen, <laughs> come on, running with the devil. My grandma came out the tape player and slapped me when I heard that. You know, I mean, just all of that stuff. One of the best tests of being filled with the Spirit is you notice people. Just notice. While on your way, God will put people in your way. Listen to me. While on your way, God will put people in your way. We can't become so focused on what we're doing, we miss what God's doing. I'm going to give you a test this morning. You'll never forget this. Put your thumb out. Come on, everybody, come on. We're going to participate. What would y'all do in church? We put our thumb out. I want you to look at your thumb. Your thumb represents you. When you look at yourself, you can't see anything else. It's not focused. But when you get your eyes off of you and you focus the things around you, all of a sudden you begin to notice things you never noticed. And that's what God wants from us. You can't become so focused. You're doing what you're doing. You miss what God's doing. See, I believe if you can't see... I don't have to be responsible for it. If I don't see, have you ever gone to big cities and you're trying to get into a lane and people do this? Because they ain't looking at you. They just, and you're kind of going. And they're just doing this. You know I'm not even going to go there, but anyway, <laughs> let me stick to the message. I don't have enough time. We just do that. Yeah, give me one, man. Thank you. See, my wife is my helpmate. She knows I need help. Thank you, baby. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I was at, at uh, the hospital getting chemo. And thank you all for praying for me. I'm on my sixth round. Tomorrow I'll go to get a CT scan and see where we're at. And I'm believing God. Amen? And so that's enough of that. And so, and so when I'm, I'm in the waiting room, and I know the nurses. I know the doctors. I know the people, you know. And, you know, it's funny because the receptionist goes to OSC Opelousas, Gene. There's, there's three girls. One goes to Lafayette. One goes to Broussard. And another one, I think, goes to Nigeria. So we're like, it's like family reunion. Hey, Pastor Baba. But there was this lady in the waiting room, and she's sitting. Like, I'm sitting over here. She's sitting over there. And there's another couple. And then her RN comes in because RNs are assigned to people, certain, so many people when they're going to give chemo treatment. And she comes, and she sits next to the girl. And she sits next to her. It's a, it's a lady. But the older I get, she's a girl. Anyway, I just... 
And she has a do-rag because she doesn't have any hair. And she has an IV in her arm. And there's comes to her. You can hear everything. Come on. And sometimes when you're there, you kind of, come on. And he come, she comes up very, very kind, very, very compassionate. And she says, you're not going to be able to, your numbers don't look good today. So we're not going to be able to give you treatment. I haven't had treatment in five weeks. I need to have treatment. I haven't even been able to see the doctor. Can I see the doctor today? And she's trying to just be compassionate with her and say, I'll be back. And so I just go, I go right over there because that's my ministry. Come on. Not because I'm Pastor Bubba. I don't go, hey, Pastor Bubba Enterprises, here to pray for you. (laughs) She don't know who I am. I'm just a Christian. Come on. And I go over next to her and I say, can I pray for you? She goes, Can I just tell you something? It doesn't matter what you believe or where you came from or all the regulations, rules you were bound up by. When you're desperate, you, you can trust. Come on. How many you know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever been there? Pray for her. I said, God, open up the door so you can see the doctor. And I said, God, we believe together that you're going to just open up a way where there seems no way. And they just prayed some other things over her and just said, let's just trust God. So I'm finishing up my, my chemo. And, and so I like Pastor Jacob was, man of God, it ain't nothing. You know, since you got the chemo anointing, God has done great things in your life. And I said, you know, Pastor, Bubba, Pastor Jacob, I radiate when I have that chemo anointing. <laughs> anyway, I've been through radiation too. And so I'm walking out and I see the lady. She's getting treatment. And she's sitting by her friend. And I tapped her on the shoulder and I said, our prayers were answered. She goes, yes, they were. Sometimes you have to have eyes to see. Eyes to see. As a spirit-filled people, we're now on a search and rescue mission, looking for people that need Jesus, looking for divine moments. Amen? Amen? See, if you're looking for a church that is just for you, this, ain't one, this is the wrong church. But if you're looking for people that are lost, you're going to love it here because we ask, we ask for Jesus to give you Jesus contact lenses. Because we, we, here's our motto. We reach people and build lives. So if you think it's about you, it, you're wrong. It's about others. This is like the time where we as pastors, we come, Pastor Josh, myself, Pastor JJ, Pastor Jamie. Pastor Lucy, I was helping her, and then I, I went to the children's church. And there's a little guy's first time there, and he's going, <laughs> Lucy's hugging him and trying to get him. Like, hey, buddy, come here. He comes over and looks at me. <laughs> We're trying to reach him. Come on. Okay. Man, did you see that guy got a big old dump truck over there? Why don't you go play with the trucks? He's going, <laughs> look at Lucy. He needs a miracle. Anyway, <laughs> he needs a miracle. 
Because we want to reach people. When I look back and I see my life and what God can do, if God can change me, God can do anything. You know? I remember just going, <laughs> my wife remember this. Uh, I took the Eunice Church, uh, we were, it was a thanks, it was a Valentine's, and we took a bunch of the couples, we decided to go to Zia's in Lafayette. And we're all there, we're all these couples in my old High school principal was there, Yvonne Jumaville. I went to, I graduated from Our Lady of Fatima before it came, St. Thomas More. I got, by the time I graduated, I went to 15 different schools because they wanted me, they'd send me other places. <laughs> but God used it. I'm a people person, so I was knowing everybody. <laughs> but for the wrong reasons. Hey, the first one's free. I got caught with drugs, all those other things. But you know what? People will put a never on you. You'll never. Look at me. God will never put a never on anybody ever. Only people do. And I remember being at school, you know, like, you ain't got me out to nothing. Heard all those things when people get mad at me. And I remember she goes, she looked at Miss Jumaville, my principal, going back to that. I know I kind of... It's kind of spaghetti ministry, but it comes together. And she looks at, like, the couple. I don't even, I'm just talking, hey, Miss Jumaville. She's like, oh, God. You know, <laughs> and she just, but she liked me. She did. She loved me. And she looked at him and she says, if y'all would have known what he was like, y'all would go, my God, how's he doing what he's doing today? truth. You see, we got to have eyes to see. And the second thing is you need to have an open hand. An open hand. The two fundamentals in baseball is this, eye and hand coordination. That's what you need. You got to have your eyes and your hands got to be where the ball is or whatever. Or if you're going to bat, it's hand and eye coordination. You see, Look at Acts, it says, but Peter, going back to the scriptures, verse 6 and 7, but Peter said, I don't have any silver and gold, but I give you what I have. In the name of Jesus, I love this, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet, we talked about, and his ankles instantly were healed and strengthened. We give all the excuses our li- in our lives why we don't have what we believe, what we don't have. You ever hear this? Why God, why doesn't God do miracles in America? How many of you heard that one? Don't lie to me. Y'all look at me like, can I just tell you something? God's doing miracles in America every day. God's doing miracles in the hearts of people. God's healing physically. God's healing psychologically. God's healing mentally. There are people that can go through, listen to me, and I feel for people that go through depression. They don't see a way out. That God can get through that dark gate that that's, the enemy's tried to just bound you with different thoughts. And God's here to deliver you and help you. He's that kind of God. He just is. 
as a spirit-filled person, you have everything you need to do what God's called you to do. Here's my question. What you packing? Are you packing things? Or are you packing God? See, I've learned this. Whatever you feed always wins. Come on. Come on, men. You keep packing boudin, you can be, let me look at me, you can be your wife's hunk, but one day you're going to be her chunk. <laughs> we'll get that later, but anyway. <laughs> Women, I ain't going to pick on the men alone. Come on, you keep eating that chocolate bar. Come on. Women have a thing with chocolate. Some women go, not me. Well, God bless you. (laughs) All the women in my family love chocolate. See, people you meet at work, at Walmart, at home, they need what we have. We just have to give it. God doesn't use the most gifted people. He uses those that are willing, the most willing. We think, oh, you know, he's got all the... Listen, when I went to Bible college, there was a guy named Carl Brew, and he could pray better than anybody I ever met in my life. And I thought, my God in heaven, my, my, I can't even pray like Carl. There was a guy that, that his name was Jimmy. He could preach like incredible. I couldn't preach like Jimmy. I couldn't pray like Carl. I wanted to, but God, you know what God was wanting me to do? God wanted me to be Bubba. Because I'm the best Bubba I can be. God wants you to be who God's called you to be. You might need to work on your prayer life. You might need to open up the book so you have words to share with people. You know, one of the scriptures that I've been thinking about is Proverbs chapter 15. And it talks about this. It says, when we give healing words to others, listen, they are able to eat from the fruit, from the, the, the tree of life. How many of you need life in you sometimes? And you're just like, man, it's just a mundane pastor bunch. Listen, God doesn't use the most gifted. He uses the most willing. See, you can't, I can't cure cancer. Jesus can. I can't fix your friend's marriage, but Jesus can. I can't fix your, listen, we can't fix your, 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 your child that's going crazy, but Jesus can. Come on, God can't fix your husband, honey, but Jesus can. God can't, listen, God can't, you know, my, my finances, Pastor Bubba, my, my checkbook needs revival. Jesus can. My life, Pastor, it's just like Jesus can do what you think he can't do. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus can. And, all the, and, and look at the other neighbor that you thought Jesus can't. Look at them and say, Jesus can. What the lame man needed he didn't even notice anymore. Think about that. Peter didn't focus on giving him spare change. He focused on giving him life change. The silver and gold I don't have, but man, Jesus can. In the name of Jesus, rise up. Sometimes when we go to work, we need to look at people and go, in the name of Jesus. What? You know, I did a funeral the other day. They asked me to do a funeral as a favor. And when I did the funeral, it was like, 
The guy was the same age as me, 59. He was 59. He dealt with alcohol. He just struggled in life. He dealt with other things. And I was doing the funeral. There was 10 people there. You know, you can do notes. And, and so when it's someone like that, you just pray, God, I hope they cried out to you. They found him dead after three or four days in his house. And I'm there, and there's people just staring at me. And I, it was like his daddy looked like the zigzag man that was stoned. I'm just telling you the truth. Pastor, that's me. No, it's not. I'm just telling you what I was feeling, my emotions. And I started to share different things. It was good. But then after a while, I just said, the heck with that. Put my notes, I put my notes away. And I just start telling them about Jesus. And sharing with them what a Christian is like. Pray for them. And I walked away. I told my wife, I said, baby, it was the saddest funeral I ever did in my life. There was just no life there. But I know this, whatever I shared. I shared life. And you never know when God brings a little bit of water to that seed and he begins to water it, then it can grow. I was in my men's group this week. This guy, Gary, he goes, you know, we would go to, we went to a big church in Lake Charles and we'd sometimes we'd go to Bethany in Baton Rouge and we'd stop by, you know, go to the restaurant in Lake Arthur and uh, the regatta, and we're driving by one day, and he said one day, he goes, man, we need to go to that. We need to go to that. That church OSC. His wife just goes, I ain't going to no country church. Come on. And one day they just decided, you know what? God's called us to walk in not fear, but to walk in faith. And he said, Pastor Bubba, it was your last message when you got up before you went on sabbatical and all the stuff you went through. And the first line you said was this, it's time to stop living by fear and start living by faith. And they looked at each other and go, this is our country church. <laughs> got to have an open hand. When people are down and out, we don't just pray for them, we help them. God does his part when you do, when we do our part. God moves when we move. Acts verses 3 to 10, it says, He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. Think about it. That's the man. What? I think about this. The man, the man never walked. He didn't have to have physical therapy. It doesn't say they prayed for him and he went through six weeks of physical therapy. Then <laughs> he was healed. Come on. I mean, I mean, just read into it. I was in ICU for six days in the hospital, 30. I had to learn to walk again. It brings a whole new meaning to me. I'm like, I mean, he became twinkle toes. <laughs> Don't cut that on the video, but anyway. <laughs> it's a little out there, but anyway. 
know how much time it would have taken for him just to stand and then to walk? That's a miracle. That's a miracle. See, God wants us to open our eyes. God wants us to open our hands. And the last point is God wants us to open your mouth. That was never a problem for me. In all the different churches, I remember my mom, she'd squeeze me on the back. You know how when your mom has fingernails, like them fingernails, and they have that soft spot in the back of your arm, and you're playing with your Hot Wheels in church, and you get a little loud, changing gears, you know? I remember my mom just like, squeezed me and looked at me, and she goes, it's like, you don't know what she's saying, but you know it's like, you go, all right, she's serious. And I, I just, in church, I went, ow, that hurts. That was my first message I ever preached in church. <laughs> Acts 3, let's go. Verse 12 to 16. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. Listen to what he says. This is the same Jesus whom you, you handed over and rejected before Pilate. Despite Pilate's decision to release him, you rejected this holy righteous one. Instead demanded the release for a murderer. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. And, he, and we, are, we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. They were just like, and you know. Come on. How many know when you look at someone, and you know? Don't give me that excuse, You know. He says, and you know. They go, through faith in the name of Jesus, the man was healed, and you, you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name healed him before your very eyes. Now repent. Now then they start preaching. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away and the times of refreshment may come from the presence God. Some people work for a paycheck. Some people work for a weekend. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about, South Louisiana. You know, you ought to work for the question. That's your goal. We want to work for the in the way that provokes people to ask, why do you do that? Why do you do the things you do, and who are you doing them for? Because it'll answer your motive. Are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it for others to be noticed? Are you really doing it for God? See, living like Jesus doesn't remove our responsibility to verbally share our faith. Whether it gives us an opportunity to share our faith. You know, there's books in the Bible. There's the Ten Commandments as well. There's the Book of Life. And there's a book called the Book of Memory. 
And in the book of memory, basically what it is, it, it's, it's a recording. How many, let, let me just say, how many know that one day that we will leave this earth and we will live for eternity? Either heaven or hell. Hell was not created for humans. It was actually created for the enemy and the fallen angels. But God allows people that reject him, do not want anything about God, and that's the only alternative. You don't want to be with me. You don't want to hear correction. You don't want to walk in my direction. It's really you send yourself there. Hello. But in the book of memory, it's like this, being in eternity without God in hell, having a memory of every time someone, you're hearing your mom's voice praying for you, God, Touch them, be with them, but you don't find relief from the prayers. That you could have someone try to give you, like, some material to talk about Jesus or share a scripture with you, and you remember that, but there's no relief in that scripture. Or if you're a man and you walk in lust while you lived here on this earth, you will live that memory throughout eternity and find no relief. Don't worry, women, I'm coming for you. Women, instead of gossiping about everything, remember, the gossip, why didn't I just bring encouragement? Why didn't I stop that? Hello? It got quiet in here. You know why? Look at me. It's called the fear of God. Because at that moment, I started sharing it. Everybody just went, I don't want that. I don't want to be like that. God doesn't want that. I don't want that. Because see, I hear the miracle was the platform for, B, for Peter to share the greatest message on the planet. Some people won't come to church, so we got to bring Jesus to the people. That's what your attitude is like. Hey, you know what? I'm bringing the kingdom with me. I don't care what Leroy said last week. I don't care what Gertrude was telling me in the cubicle. Today we can have heaven up in the cubicle. I don't care. This may be a nine to five job, but today I'm bringing heaven here. Listen, anxiety is looking into the future without God in it. We just have to determine, you know what? Today's the day. Today's the day. I'm packing. I'm going, God, open my eyes. Give me hands that are open to you and give me a mouth. And for all you left, hand, left brain, you know, people that, well, I'm an introvert. Listen, you're smart. You know how to do stuff. God will open your mouth. Man, you don't know, Pastor Mom, my charm for me. Open my Open your mouth. Because listen, look at me. One day, we'll stand before the king. The one that went to the cross, and he saw the people while he was on the cross, while his hands were nailed, and he looked at everyone. And what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. 
They took him from that, that, that cross. They wrapped him in a blanket. They put him in a tomb. Joseph the priest made a deal to put him in a fresh tomb. They put a rock with a seal over it because the, 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 they didn't want the, the followers of Jesus to come and break the seal. Or to, and so they put, literally, they put guards in front of the rock. And the Muslim faith says, there's what they say. And I want you to understand that, that his followers took him from the tomb. We know differently. Come on. God gave those, those guards some, I don't know, heavenly sleeping pills. They were asleep. God busted the seal. Jesus busted out. Because for three days he'd have been in hell taking care of business. The Bible says he took the keys of hell, death, and the grave with him. For you and me. And then one day, and see, when he did that, he rose from the grave. And the Bible says the same power that raised Jesus from the grave lives in every one of us. And when we leave the face of this earth, listen to me, we're going to look into the eyes. We're going to hear the voice. That spoke to us all, in, all through our lives. Guide. How many of you ever heard the voice of God? How many of you ever felt like just a, a strong urge or feeling? That, and you know that was God. Come on, come on. I mean, okay. The rest of you, we're going we're to pray that God begins. To, no, I'm serious. It's not fun. Listen, one day we're going to see him as he is. The Bible says he has eyes of fire. We're going to hear that voice. We're going to see the nail printed hands. You know what we're going to do? Oh, God. Jesus, it's you. We're going to be amazed that we're with him. Because of the blood that he shed for us. That was applied to our lives. Aren't you glad God's not going to judge you by your past? Come on. How many of you got some past you don't want no one to know about or see? And the Bible says we're going to worship him. My responsibility, Pastor Josh's responsibility, Pastor JJ's responsibility is this, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. It's our, it's our responsibility as pastors. It's responsibility. Are y'all with me? When glorifying Jesus is our priority and our motivation, our work just becomes worship. It just does. I just want to ask you this right now. Just close your eyes. Bow your head. Maybe you know, maybe you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Bob, I'm really not at a place that I'm living a life that's really pleasing God, that I'm making choices. If you see people walking around, but you should have your eyes closed. They're just coming to serve. Don't be. You just know, Pastor Bob, I'm really not living a life that's pleasing to God, but I feel like God's opening my eyes, and I want to take his hand. I've heard his voice this morning. I just want to, I want to, I want to follow him with all my heart. You have as much Jesus as you want to. No one can make you. 
You're as godly as you want to be. I had a lady at the end of the first service. She just said, Pastor, just pray for me. I do good on Sunday, but when I get home, whew, it's like, I just cuss. I say things. I do things. Where are my kids? And I don't want to do anymore. Can you just pray? Just begin to share. Hey, the Bible says in Timothy what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to read the word. Pray. Ask God to give you patience, enduring patience. I'm just not at that place where I'm serving God like I know I need to. Would you pray for me? Because today, from this day forward, I want to serve God with a whole heart. I want want all of God, so I'm going to give all of me this morning. If that's you, no one looking around, just raise your hand. I'll pray with you this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put them down. Anyone else? I'm not going to, thank you. You can put it down. Anyone else? I'm not going to beg. Thank you. Put it down. Can we all pray this prayer together? Let's pray it out loud. Say, dear Lord Jesus, if you raise your hand, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, You took my sin, my shame, my guilt, and you died for it. I believe that you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go. And you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven and a purpose on earth and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin be born again. Come on, say it with me. To be born again. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is now my home. In the name of Jesus. Amen.